get you something? Some more folk butter laying into the bone, jacking me up. Take me. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Cuddy say can't hang. Oh, stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. He said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. All right, would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine? Just hang loose, blood. She's gonna catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama? My mama didn't raise no dummies. I duck a rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. Chomp the one to help, chomp don't get the care. Jive ass dude don't got no brains anyhow. Oh, boys, we are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. We're doing a little jive talking tonight, man. So, uh, tonight's a weird one. Uh, you hear one voice sitting around this table. Um, so, as of right now, Jace is out fishing. Jay is in South Carolina living it up with the family. And Mark is killing ah, killing it on orders. So you get me. Um, just so you know, we're not going to be doing a show next week because Sunday's Father's Day. Um, we're all fathers. And I just thought it it wasn't right to go two weeks without telling everyone that we weren't doing a show. We did that for you or to you guys. Just a month ago, we went a month and a half without doing a show, and I don't think it's right, and I wanted to come on and do a little jive talking with y'all, a little speaking up tight of that ass. <laughs> so um, you get me, and tonight we are going to be talking, or I am going to be talking to Pogo Pike. I cannot wait to talk to that dude. It's second Sunday of the month, and Pogo is willing to talk to us again after we <laughs> we were drunken messes last month. And uh, I've apologized to him 18 times. I'm sorry, Steve, that you will not get me in that condition again. And uh, I'm making that promise that I am not in that condition again. So um, tonight's show is being brought to us by A-Rex Hooks. Check them out at arex.com. Check out Predator Fly Gear at predatorflygear.com. They make some of the sweetest SPF shirts in the biz. Uh, they make buffs, drinkware. Anything you can think about, Predator Fly Gear is making. Check out Sims Fishing at simsfishing.com. Down to Earth Wealth Management. If you guys got some extra scratch and you're looking to invest it, our buddy Michael can help you out at Down to Earth Wealth Management. Tonight's show is being recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check out Mark at urbanflycompany.com. And if you guys are looking to book a trip musky fishing, Mark is willing and able to take you guys musky fishing. And if you guys want to go smallmouth fishing, hit Mark up also because Jay and I can do that. We can take you out. We're licensed guides. <laughs> Check us out. Um, and also, another licensed guide. Check out Queen City Guiding. Ryan has some big freaking news, guys. I cannot wait to drop this bombshell on everyone. If you guys are in Western New York, something big's happening and it's going to be cool. So uh, check out Ryan at queencityguiding.com. And he's also a licensed guide. And he can take you steelhead fishing and smallmouth fishing. He's been killing it on muskies. So Ryan's our buddy. He's good people and he's a great fisherman and a, a good fly shop owner. Queen City Guiding is a great online resource. 
Um, so, what, what we've been doing lately, I've been knocking the snot out of some farm pond bass, man. It is going off the chain right now. There's a bunch of little fry. They're about the size of my pinky nail. And the bass are corralling them on the edges of the shore. And just about anything you want to throw, the bass are eating it. Um, I did tie a fly. It, it was uh, it, it was a good concept, I think, because I love that swinging D. I wanted to throw the swinging D on a floating line. So what I did was I tucked the tungsten bead up under the, the foam popper head on the swinging D and it just killed all the motion of the fly. Like it gets down to the right depth in the water column that I want it to. That, that part of the, uh, the R and D worked good. It, it gets to the perfect level with a floating line so I can fish it around the pond, but it just pencils straight back. Boom, boom, boom. And I, uh, I hate that. So I tried double hand stripping it and it looks pretty sick doing that. Uh, the farm pond bass don't like that too much. So I might try to take it out tomorrow and do a little bit more R&D in a river situation. Do a little walk and wade trip tomorrow. Um, see if it works. See if it doesn't. See what I need to do to tweak it. And if you guys have any uh, options on tweaking that fly design and pattern, hit us up. Let us know. SVS Fishing on Instagram. Hit up Urban Fly Company on Instagram. Hit up Dr. J on Instagram or Shanker Jace. Uh, let us know. Let us know if you've done this same same concept with the swing and D and waited it a little bit and still got the good movement out of the fly. It could have also had to do with where I put the, the tungsten bead. Because like I said, I tucked it up under the foam popper head like in the concave section and it just... Like I said, it pencils back straight. Boom, boom, boom. And I don't like that. It's not swinging at all. So maybe if I put the tungsten on the bead head or on the bend of the hook, it would be just below the connection point for the back hook. That might might change the action of the fly a little bit. But I don't know. The, I, I thought this fly pretty good. And I hate to tear it apart just to, to move a tungsten bead. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the frugal man in me. I'd rather just have a fly that doesn't swim for shit, but it looks pretty. So, um, other than that, there's been some farm pond carp. They have been eluding me. I walk up on these carp, and they don't know I'm there. They're, they're head down, ass up. That's the way they like to suck up the bugs. And uh, I throw a little mop fly down right in front of them. Right off to the side of their face, like because if you guys remember when Dan Frazier was talking to us, directly in front of their face is a blind spot. So you want to hit like twenty-five degrees on either side of the center of their face, and that's their feeding area. That's where they can see because of the way their eyes are positioned. So I hit the money spot with the mop fly, and it just seems to spook these fish. I gotta try something different. I gotta see if I can tie a nymph maybe on a big or a, a bigger hook, not like a trout hook. I want a, a hook that I can, you know, put some beef into these fish because I don't like I don't like hurting the carp. I like getting them in, landing them quickly, safely, and uh, 
I don't know. It's just something to, something to test out. I got to figure out what these fish are eating. There's dragonflies coming around now. So they might be sucking up some dragonfly nymphs. It's, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell. I can't, I can't wrap my brain around it just yet. And uh, they've been getting the better of me. And it's, it's also weird because the banks drop straight off and the, the farm pond is a, it's a muddier, murkier body of water. So anytime their heads are down, their heads are down a foot and a half and I only have, you know, 10 inches of viz, like 10 inches of good viz. So even if they do suck it up and spit it out, that might be why they're spooking and I just can't distinguish you eat yet because I don't have the viz to see I don't know it's, it's hard to tell I feel weird talking by myself I'm just talking to a wall <laughs> I don't know if you guys can tell um, tomorrow our good buddy Pat Lombardo's coming into uh, into town he's uh, he's got his boys baseball game but he's going to leave early and shoot up this way and I am going to take him on a little hybrid mission his boy wants to catch a hybrid so bad so i figured that'd be the best way to uh to get the the mojo running for his baseball game is to get him into a hybrid first thing in the morning um so that's that's what i'm gonna try to do jace is down fishing him right now and uh he said he's knocking the snotskis out of him so some of these flies uh the game changers that pat sent us up for easter in our easter basket we're gonna put to use tomorrow I told Pat, I'm not even taking a rod. I'm not taking a rod. I'm taking a camera and a net. And I'm going to just get the crap paparazzi, these, uh, him and his boys catching hybrids. Um, did do a little bit of grilling and barbecuing this week. I found out some things I like and some things I don't like. Ooh. Since last time we spoke, I've done skirt steaks twice. I like skirt steaks. Done like carne asada on a smoking hot gasser grill. And I was rubbing up, or I, I painted on chimichurri. So that was a, that was pretty cool. And I, I like doing that. And I also found that today I saw something online. It was weird. Um, you laid a skirt steak down and then you layered like I layered white cheddar cheese and then I layered bacon on top of that. And then I rolled it like a pinwheel. And I cut it down the, the center widthwise, So I had two discs off of each skirt steak and it came out. It tasted delicious, but the way that the skirt steaks grain goes, you weren't cutting it against the grain. You were going with the grain. So it was a chewier, tougher piece of meat because I couldn't cut it against the grain and make it nice and soft. So it looked cool. It was a cool presentation. It tasted good. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> so if you guys uh, ever see that on Instagram or Facebase or YouTube, it looks cool. Don't try it because uh, with the skirt steak, you want to cut it against the grain to make it nice and tender. Um, I, with the skirt steaks, I also put uh, zucchinis and squash on, on the charcoal grill. And 
I was running low on charcoal, so I was throwing chunks of wood in with the charcoal. And it was smoking. It smoked really good. The meat handled the smoke very well. The zucchinis and the squash, oh, my God. They got, like, bitter, acrid tasting. And I don't know if I could... I had to throw them away. I tasted one of them. It was it was bad. It was horrible. So that's something I learned today that I'm not going to replicate either. Don't get me wrong. Gas or, uh, on a gas or a grill, zucchinis and squash is off of the. It just got acrid, and I didn't like the way it tasted. It almost kind of tastes like poison. I'm, I didn't dig it. So, alrighty, guys. Well, I think I'm going to go and take a break and uh, come on back with Stephen Pogo, Pogojensky. And we are back with Steve Pogo Jensky. What's happening, Pogo? Not much, Chad. How are you this evening? Oh, it's a great night, man. Hey, it's a Friday night. I'm sitting here by myself, and I'd rather be doing nothing than talking to you, man. <laughs> You're such a good guy. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Kate and I, my fiance, just got doing some yard work, and I'm having a Corona extra. And uh, you're right. It's it, it was it's a perfect Friday. The Friday weather today has been awesome here in, in Connecticut. Uh, just 75 and sunny today. No humidity. All that heat left. It was a great outdoor day. I think we got all your humidity. Oh man, I'm I'm sitting here sweating my balls off. Oh, you're you get you're getting that now, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a rough one. So, yeah. so uh, you went fishing with a our boy Captain Pete last week or two I nights did. ago, right? Pete Romano. Yeah, two nights ago, we went out uh, out on the Long Island Sound, and uh, he did a little guide trip. I mean, we've been friends for over 15 years, but we all bunch each other's chops yeah he was my guide the other night and uh we had a fun fun stellar night we got two beautiful uh striped bass so the pictures he just posted up today were that was that from yeah the one the one of me was from uh two nights ago i think the one of his was a night or two before that and then Devin, um his fish was i think last week but yeah pete's been crushing the big fish i mean there's a there's a not to get too long-winded on this, because I'll let Pete kind of handle this if you guys ever have a conversation again, but um, it's just that window where some of these big striped bass that are coming out of the Hudson or where, you know, wherever they're coming from, Maryland, that are coming through the sound. And, um, you know, every year it's been hit or miss. So there's a little history, a little story behind that. I got a 39-inch uh, striped bass and a 42. And, boy, that was the biggest striped bass I ever caught. It was just it was amazing and to see those things in person that size. I know people get them bigger than that, but... Not much. I, you know, I think the world record is 50. Was caught in the Long Island Sound was 54, a 54 inch striped bass. I want to say it was like 71 pounds, which is just ridiculous. Um, so what? 40, what's your 42, 42 inch striper weigh? Over 30 pounds. Holy smokes! Yeah, and let me tell you, Chad, I caught one about 30 minutes prior, which was a 38, 39. We measured. I think it was 38 or 39. I forget, but. It was a nice fish and, you know, just tires you out. And then the second one I caught maybe 20 minutes later, fighting that fish for 
God, seven, eight minutes, or maybe not even, but it felt like 10 minutes. And then trying to hold it up for a photo, I, I think it was over 35 pounds, but it's just like, I'm like, all right, you got it. You get the photo, Pete. Like my biceps are shaking. Uh, so yeah, it was just, it was just awesome. And it's just a little window that would, you know, the Long Island Sound is just, it's different depending on the time of the year when these bigger fish come in. But, you know, I've been, the story behind all that is I've been fishing with Pete Romano for, on the sound for years. And the biggest I've ever gotten was like 29 inches. That was on the fly. And, but he's been going down there with, you know, top water stuff, both spin rods and fly rods. And, you know, I just haven't gotten one the last three or four years. He's like, all right, Pogo, come on down. It's on. And I, I either have guide trips or something going on and I get down there a week late and just never came up with a, with a big one yet. Like something over like 35 inches. And, and then finally the other night, you know, the first hour and a half, it was slow and, He's like, shit, man, Pogo, I don't know if this is meant to happen for you. Plus, each other's chop because, you know, we've known each other for so long and we've got steelhead and muskies and pike together. We've traveled, you know, all over the country together. And, you know, obviously, just knowing each other so well, he kind of bucked my chops. And I'm like, Pete, man, don't worry about it. If I don't catch a big fish tonight, I don't care. I'm not happy to be out here with you and have a night off. And uh, anyway, so when it happened, it was just, it was like, a, it was a special moment for him and I because, you know, he's been really trying to get me on one of those big, big uh, straight bass for a while now so you, you're doing it at night correct yeah we, we got out there before dark so i think we got fishing about 7 30 you know I've, i obviously now especially on the water the ocean it, i think it, it got dark around quarter to nine um or almost dark by quarter to nine so we started at 7 30 and went to about 11 11 30 that night man so about a four-hour window I'm, I'm betting after that second big fish you're like Pete, take me in. I'm tired, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah we were kind of we were fishing for another 15 minutes, and we just kind of looked at each other like, shit, man, it's 11, 11:30. By the time we get back to the dock, clean up the boat, get back to your house, and I get home some an hour and a half. And you know, so yeah, we we just we said let's end let's let's end on a good note. Hell yeah, man, I'm with you. That sounds like a great time. So on another note, how how have the pike been treating you? They've been they've been they've been doing well. You know we. Uh, like I think I told you last time we talked, it was a really tough spring just because of the fluctuation of water levels and water temperatures. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, yeah, then everything stabilized and the pike have totally picked up. The smallmouth seemed to be done spawning because just the other day, we, one of my clients got a couple 17, 18 inch smallmouth and, um, you know, a few decent pike. We're seeing some bigger pike. Um, I've got like a bunch of trips coming up in the next 10 days, so I'm really excited to get out there. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's on, you know, it's just, we're kind of getting in that middle end of June time frame where if that water gets a little too warm, they, they start to really sit at the bottom, uh, especially during like, you know, midday or, you know, once the sun hits the water. So we're kind of getting in that little zone where, you know, I, I say we've got a shot for some decent ones in the next week, week and a half. And then, you know, after that, the water temperature gets a little dangerous for them and they start to not be as active during the day. So, uh, yeah, but it's, I'm sorry, that's a long-winded story of what's going on right now with the pike here in New England. So, when the water temperature does get a little dangerous for them, are you switching over to small small jaws and uh, the carp skis? That's it. Yep, smallmouth and carp. And carp coming up here soon, meaning like the river levels are going to be right there at, at a lower summer level, so to speak. But, yeah, for the small jaws and, and uh, you know, obviously the smaller. Yeah, so we're, we're I'm excited for smallie season. Um, yeah, just so there's smally season, you know, obviously just throwing smaller poppers on top water, even up to a Dahlberg diver's size, like the traditional one that you can buy at a store or a fly shop. And then maybe even a little bit smaller than that. And then smaller streamers, you know, if you hook a pike, 
in those like that dangerous water temperature level. You know, you just kind of try to keep them in the water as long as you can. If you do get a photo, just make it really quick. And you know, obviously debarbing your hooks um, is what I always recommend. So just kind of get that hook out of their mouth real quick, let them rest in the net for you know 30 seconds to a minute. And if it's you know fish, if it's like kind of size where a picture is needed, you know just get a quick photo and get them right back in the water. Yeah, man, I hear you. Hey, have you uh, have you tested out Tim Lane Weir's uh, the the Mister Wiggly that he's no, always talking about? No, what's that about? It's like a big Chernobyl ant. Ooh. And he fishes oh, for small jaws. Yeah, for smallies. Yeah, I I saw that. No, I now I know what you're talking about. I didn't realize what the exact name was. No, how are those? I heard that. I heard that's pretty amazing. Have you had experience with that? I tied a bunch of them up, and we're just at the very beginning phases of of water temperatures being warm enough for for the yeah. fish to come up. Yeah. Good. So I have a couple of a couple of double barrel poppers, like on smaller hooks, and I've been crushing fish over to the farm pond with it. But uh, nice. yeah, but the the Mister Wiggly's I think going to be the money maker this summer. Oh, good. Yeah, second, if you think about it, next time we, uh, we talk next to when we hang up tonight, if you could send me a photo of what that looks like and what you're talking about exactly. Yeah, I can do. Speaking of that, um, have, did you get a package in the mail? You know, I did not yet. Although I haven't checked my mailbox in three days, so it could possibly be there. You but, should, because uh, I I sent a. Your package and the package for uh, the Smalley Talk podcast. I sent Ooh, them okay. both the same time, and uh, they okay. got theirs on Tuesday. Okay, so today's Friday. I literally haven't checked my mailbox since Tuesday. <laughs> so, I, yeah, <laughs> living in the country and where I live up in the mountains, you know, it's, if it's an important piece of mail, the mail mail will bring it to the door. Or if it's FedEx or you know UPS, they drop it in my garage. But no, I. So I check the mail belt once a week. I'll do that tonight, I promise. I, I do the same thing, man. I, I open it up and if there's not like a package with flies in it, I just close the mailbox <laughs> and let my wife get let my wife grab it. <laughs> well, thank you for the flies, man. Because I know a couple of years ago when you sent me those flies and Kate got a her biggest muskie on the fly on um on one of your flies. Uh that, that was always that was a special moment. So I mean your flies have good juju. Sure. These ones are a little bit different, they're a little bit smaller, like pike pike sizes, but uh perfect, perfect. I think you might get a little bit more uh, utilage out of them. Oh, good, good. And you know what? You got people like yourself. Obviously, you're very special in my heart from SEO's podcast. But your flies are amazing, and I really appreciate the, all the people who have sent me flies this year because everybody's been an amazing fly tire like yourself. So the quality of my flies have gone up a notch <laughs> <laughs> versus tying just functional guide flies. Um, so I, I to, just a shout out to everybody who sent me some flies with this year and. and the flies that you sent me, I really appreciate that because it goes a long way. And like when I'm on the water and I'm using like your flies or someone that has sent me flies that I've spoken to before or even fished with, like I, I it, it gets a little sentimental. Like I, like I'm like, oh shit, I really hope this works out with this this fly because I know that person put a lot of thought into it and care enough to go to the post office and mail it to me. Uh, so that that means that 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 always means a lot. And when someone actually gets a fish on them, just like Kate's story, like two or three years ago in Wisconsin. When she got that monster muskie on a figurine on your fly, like that's the first thing I saw that thought of. Well, not the first thing, but maybe the third thing. Like, <laughs> shit, that, that was that was Chad's fucking fly. That's awesome. That's such a good story. And I sent it to you that day when I got back and got Wi-Fi. You did. I, I was at work when I when I got that text. I was like, this made my day like fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I said to Kate like after, you know, did I ever send you the video of me netting that fish for her? 
Uh, yes, you did. It was late okay. later afterwards, but yeah, <laughs> you totally we did. Might have to like post that somewhere because that video of her, me netting her fish. Um, so uh, Grace, who's a friend of ours from Minnesota, she was in the front or the back of the boat. So she was had the wherewithal and just being present in the moment. Like literally, when Kate hooked that fish on the third figure eight, she literally took out her iPhone and started recording Kate fighting it and me netting it. It was it was such a special moment because obviously it was Kate's birthday and her birthday wish was to get a beautiful muskie on a first beautiful muskie on a figure eight. Um, although she caught a couple like three days prior to that for the first time on the fly. But when that happened, and then celebrating and just high fiving and 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 just just the smiles, you know, grins on ear to ear. I think the third thing I said was, that's Chad's fly. And she's like, oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, I'm getting a little long-winded. This corona hit me nice. No, I, I hear you, man. I, I get some high life flowing, th- uh, flowing through my blood. High life, nice. Yeah, man, the champagnes. Nice. Ooh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's great. My buddy that's here, Matt, we're putting up the fence, and he brought over a six-pack of like Corona. What's Not Corona, I'm sorry. Course. There's a, there's a, what's that special edition course? Um, God, I forget the name of it, but he's like, I, he, he just had, he just had one. He's like, these are delicious. So speak, <laughs> speaking of the yeah. Coronas, have you had any of the Corona seltzers yet? No, I'm not a big seltzer guy. Too sugary for me. I, uh, I'm not either, but the, the Corona ones are, are really good. Yeah. I think they got them next time. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> I was going to say, I think they have them in the feminine uh, product section. <laughs> yeah, they keep them right beside the Tampax. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, hey, to anybody out there listening who's like seltzers, God bless you. I just, too sugary for me. I mean, I, I don't really drink that much in general, but if I have a beer, like, you know, a nice Corona, especially this time of year, doing yard work and having one or two of those and take a big glass of water and, and ask for four bed and wake up fine. Um, I mean, whiskey does have a special place in my heart, too, but uh, there's nothing like a summer beer once in a while. I'll tell you what, whiskey has a special place in our heart, and you found that out last month. Oh. I know. I know. Oh well, that, see, yeah, yeah, that was great. You guys were out of roll that night. Oh, but when, you, when you come out, like, you got to get your butts out here, man. Like, you got just, I would love for you to kind of get in my boat and just see Northern Connecticut. And, and, and I've got some uh, special whiskey that I have not opened up yet. I got for a present a couple of years ago. That's how much I'm saving this for a special moment. But I promise you, if you, if you made it out here, I, you would bust that out. You know what? I, I've been threatening to for years, and I have three-week vacation, and we're not doing a family vacation this year. So it, it might happen. Um, at, when we get off air, i got to figure out when your wedding is so I don't come that, <laughs> that time. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's the first week of July. So uh, Okay. But, um, yeah, it, it, July is great just for smallmouth and just the whole action or whatever, whatever you can make it, man. Be, I, we could pick up some time, but yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a – We're I've, so overdue, dude. Let's just face it. Like, we've talked on the phone for two years now. I feel like I know all the FBS guys like brothers. we we got to do this. Yeah, we've been pen pals for years. <laughs> for, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like we're in jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then it's always weird when you first meet each other after years of talking, because you know you kind of get that that like uh, you have an image of somebody, and then you see them in person. It's always it's always a little different, you know. Even talking to clients on the phone and get them in my boat, 
you know, you get weird as a person. You're like, oh, I kind of picture this guy like this or like this. And then you start fishing with him. Like, oh, this guy's totally different. No, like in a good way, a good way. It's theater of the mind normally. That's how we try to play it. Like I said, yeah. we're the most attractive guys on the radio. Yeah, you have a face for radio. <laughs> exactly. You like Howard Stern. Oh, yeah. I, I blow Howard Stern out of the water. I, oh, you guys totally do. And I want to say, too, uh, your Luke Swanson podcast was amazing. Um, you know, I, I kind of got to know Luke a little bit over the years out in Wisconsin, fishing out there over the years, um, uh, the last three years. And he's, he's just such a fishy, fishy guy, innovative, and he's a hardworking dude. And he's making it industry like nobody I've ever seen before. So your, your guests, you know, besides me, are amazing you know like you guys really you're really doing a great thing with this sbs podcast i tell all my clients and friends about your podcast and i, I actually have got feedback before just random text messages or emails oh man thanks for turning me on to that podcast it was really good i listened to you know kelly gala blue swanson you know all these different musky guys and around the country and all the different species hunters and you guys are doing an amazing job i know i always say this but I just remember like, you know, years ago, three years ago when we were kind of growing up together and I was building the Pogo Pike brand and you guys were building the SBS podcast brand and like see, to see where you are today, you know, I feel like, it's, you know, it's, it's just been fun to watch. Oh, we're just running on your coattails now, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been, you know, I've been, as you can tell, I've been laying off social media the last six months. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah, you know, it's, <clears throat> I think, you know, it, 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 this is an evolving process and maybe we can save a a different podcast for like just what goes through someone who's been guiding for a handful of years, like and how they evolve as a person and how they evolve as what they're trying to accomplish. And that might be a conversation for another day, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's evolved for me. And I think that, you know, I'm I, just not posting religiously because like, Hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Like that, that's, that's great. You know, cause you want to share the excitement with people that follow you and your friends, but, um, I, got, I just kind of feel like I'm taking a little break from social media to kind of get back to basics and back to like what's important to me. And I'll save a lot of photos for the winter when people are bored from fish that we've caught this spring and early summer, uh, almost early summer. Um, but, you know, just kind of it's evolved. And I think that, you know, just kind of getting back to basics and taking a break from social media has, has been good, a little bit good for my soul. And I love social media <clears throat> and I stalk people all the time, not people, but, you know, I'm always looking at Instagram. Always, look, I kind of gave up on Facebook, but I, you know, I, I always look at Instagram every day and I like your photos and people that I, I know and, and even new people I've met on social media. But, you know, I'm always on there just making sure that all my friends are still alive. But as far as just posting I, it, it's, and, and focusing more on, you know, my business has grown to the point where I necessarily don't have to as much. You don't have to hustle like you were. Yeah, I'm on social media. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. And you're still hustling in real life, but. Yeah, I'm still on the water all the time and talking to new people, meeting new people and building relationships and taking people fishing. And, you know, but it, I think just taking a little break and um, kind of reflecting on, on the last couple of years has been good. And I'll get back at it. But I think the break has been it's been good. It's been nice where, you know, you don't feel like you always have to post, um, which is great for everybody else because I get to see what everybody else is doing. But for me, it's just like it's been a nice little like soulful mental break from from having to feel like you always got to be putting something on there um but i'm sure that'll change very soon because you know i need to get back on there and kind of spread the word so here's a dumb question for you and uh if you're not comfortable don't worry but okay. have you noticed a a difference in the the amount of people that like pictures or that comment on pictures since you've taken a break like when you come back 
are you hitting the algorithm the same? No, you know, it's so funny you say that. That's a great question. And that, I mean, I could actually talk a lot about, you know, Instagram and YouTube and websites and traffic and how to get people to kind of see you um, and find you, so to speak. And I actually have, I don't want to say mentored, I, I, I guess that's the right word, kind of mentored a handful of people over the last um, couple of years just around how to get from A to B on social media. But more important, trying to figure out. Whoa! Did you fall over? <laughs> Did you fall over? We can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just opening up my second beverage for the night. That's fine. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah, we uh, barely. Okay. Um, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. How about now? Can you hear me now? It's a little better. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to hold this up to my mouth one second. Okay. So all your audience is a very important part of the music of our conversation. <laughs> hey, if they there weren't te- technical difficulties, no one would tune in. No, and, and exactly, because then it would look like we actually know what we're doing. Yeah, the, now everyone knows we're just schlubs like them. Yeah, yeah. All right, so how's this? I don't know, check one, two. Is this good? Oh, that's better, yeah. Okay, check one, two. All right, so yeah, I've actually mentored a few guys from around the country some gentleman from Canada, another dude from Southern Pennsylvania somewhere that was looking to start a guide business, or, you know, working on it, but actually guiding, but not kind of putting it out to the world on social media and their website. And um, I've actually spent some time with them on the phone. When I say time, like hours, like two or three hours. Oh, of, holy smokes. Yeah, sharing with them. I didn't do it for free, but um, <laughs> sharing, with, sharing with them, like, how I learned how to do that with Instagram, YouTube. And again, I'm, I'm just a nobody, but as far as my niche goes, you know, having over 50,000 views now on my YouTube videos. Um, That's intense. Quite, yeah. Get, and it's just because, you know, yeah. So because I actually have, I was in the corporate world for 18 years and I was in sales and marketing and I learned a few things over those 18 years. And I kind of try to apply that marketing business knowledge to growing my brand and it, it seemed to work a little bit you know i mean i'm at the perfect pace of how busy i want to be um after three or four years of kind of like putting the gas pedal on it but uh yeah so not posting a lot to answer your question yeah you're, you're the whole algorithm thing goes down the tubes by 50 percent um but that's fine like that's fine you know i'm, I'm actually okay with that that's actually what i'm trying to accomplish as i was mentioning a few minutes ago yeah yes yeah, it, does, it does affect it Okay, so can I tell you a funny story about what happened with me and my son last night? I would love it. Okay, so uh, he one day him and I were driving, and he's like, "Dad, you should get Cal on your podcast." What? I was like, "Who?" He's like, "Cal, the guy from the Meat Eater." I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Like, you you've been paying attention to a little bit of stuff I watch and listen to. Yeah. I was like, so last night him and I were laying in bed. I was like, hey, buddy, I have an email off the cow. Uh, I'm going to see if it happens or not. He's like, he's like, oh, really? That's cool. I was like, so if cow were to come fishing, would you go fishing with him? He's like, yeah. I was like, but you won't go fishing. I was like, you won't go fishing with me? He's like, no, because cow's a YouTuber. And I was like, oh, oh, listen here, buddy. He's like, what? So I grabbed the remote and I was like, look at this. I was like, here's your dad on YouTube. What now? Let's go fishing, boy. 
<laughs> that's great. He paid, you know, people are influenced by YouTube, right? Yeah. That's all my son watches. And like if he's bad, yeah. we take YouTube off him for a week. And that that really affects him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that. I mean, you know how many things I've learned over the last ten years just watching YouTube? Like I put like LED lights in my truck and learned how to do so many things through YouTube, which I would have never figured out. I mean, you could probably learn brain surgery. I'm sure if you put YouTube brain surgery, there'd be some good content in there. I learned how to keep score for bowling on YouTube. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Pete and I just got like this new vacuum and like, you know, she had the directions and we're, we're doing this and doing that. And I'm like, let me just watch YouTube. And we just took the YouTube video out and within five minutes we had the thing mastered. Yeah, man. Who who doesn't know how to uh, vacuum their floor? <laughs> right. It, well, I'm Polish blondie. I'm, le- I'm a lefty. I'm blonde and I'm Polish. I got a lot of things going against me. So, YouTube helped me tremendously, Jed. So, man. So are you going to do some carp fishing this year? Dude, I've been carp fishing over at the pond, and it's been lackluster. I've landed one so far this season. Um, That's great, though. That's great. And how many tries? Five tries? Four tries? Six tries? I spook like four a day. Okay. No, but how many (laughs) tries? Meaning, like, how many times have you gone this year so far? Oh, when I'm... For carp. For carp specifically. Like, I'm going for carp. Probably twice a week over at the pond. Okay. Okay. Uh, so since since April. <laughs> you've been going a lot. Yeah, man. So, like I said, the the pond is right across here from my house, and yeah. I'll take a fly rod with a mop fly. Yeah. And I'll walk around the pond, and if I spook carp, move carp, catch carp, whatever, I do that, and then I walk back and I grab a rod with a bass fly on it, and I walk back over. And I do the bass thing, and then I come back over, and I grab a bait caster with a spinner bait, and I catch all the leftovers. Beautiful. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. No. And when when I say that, it sounds like a lot. Yeah. But it takes 20 minutes to, to do three laps around the pond and come to my yeah. garage and change rods three times. Well, the thing is, I can imagine with those carp in that smaller size pond, like if you spook it and then you, you don't, it doesn't eat, you're kind of – you're kind of done, right? Like, meaning, like, that fish might move to the other side of the pond, and you might get shot at him, right? Is that correct? Oh, yeah. If you spook that fish, and he has three fish beside him, they're, they're all done, done and yeah. they're done. So I'm like, oh. Yeah, they're done. They're done. So Because uh, where I fish for carp on the river here, on the Hutonic, like, I have a spot. Where, like, the flow has to be just just right. Clarity has to be just right. And then, obviously, need a, somewhat of a sunny day. And I always gauge my carp success. If I don't land one carp in four tries, I suck. So, um, you know, like, th- that's kind of my gauge. That's why, that's why I ask how many times you've gone to catch that one carp. Um, but the, this, the river, they're like kind of, you, you can get different sets throughout the course of a session. Yes. Not, if you spook a set, you're, you know, that's, that's going to go somewhere and do its own thing. And then another set's going to move in. So it's a little different than a pond. A pond, I can imagine, like, you kind of have like one or two shots. And after that, you're done. I do have other spots around around the area, like flowing water and uh, feral carp, basically. And okay. I have not been out for them yet this year because uh, the, if you listen to our show, you hear us piss and moan about low water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the water hasn't been low enough yet for me to go to some of the, the my main carp spots. Well, that's it. That's what I was just describing. Like, yeah. Exactly what you have in your backyard 
like two miles from me. It's like, it's gotta be right. Like the conditions, because you need to see them, you need to feed them and you need to see them try to pick up your fly. If you don't see those three things, at least, because you could see them sometimes, but it, you have to see them at least dip to your fly. Yeah. You know, because if not, you're just guessing on the hook set. And that's, there's nothing more frustrating. And then you frustrating. snag them under the bottom of the mouth or, you know, yeah. it's one of a hundred different options that could happen. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But I'm excited. So we're about, we could be anywhere from like a week to two weeks away from having this river like carp sexy. So, can people go carp fishing with you, or is that just something you do on yeah, Guides Day no, Off? I, I actually have a couple guys that um, I guide uh, carp fishing. Yep. I, I I mean, I'm not like a total, like, there's a guy, at, there's a fly shop in Connecticut called the Complete Angler, and it's in Darien, Connecticut. There's a gentleman there that's named Patrick, and he is like a carp guru. And he, I met him because I do some fly tying sessions down there in the winter, and there's a Scott and Bob, who run uh, the Complete Angler in Connecticut fly shop, they're just awesome dudes, and I try to hang out there as much as I can. But it's an hour and almost thirty minutes for me. But but anyways, Patrick has taught me a lot about carp, and uh, you know it's it, like I, I I you know, as a as a guide, you just have to feel confident enough that I'm going to put somebody in the right situation. They're going to get a shot at a carp, and then up to it's you know after that, it's up to their ability and just really things going right. So know, people like that ask me my boat like is that hard i'm like try it buddy yeah it's hard (laughs) yeah it's hard oh they're just junk fish i'm like yeah okay i caught one like 10 years ago on a corn a piece of corn at the bottom like oh yeah Yeah, try try it with a fly rod (laughs) try looking at it and watch it eat your fly yeah yeah. with current (laughs) yeah with current like try to catch one on the fly buddy um but yeah so i i've taken people out i've got a couple guys and uh you know but i don't advertise it obviously and it just has to be the right person um, that you feel comfortable with, and be, be honest with them. Like, one of my downfalls is I'm too transparent with my clients. I try to be as transparent and honest as possible because, you know, just things change. The season changes, the environment changes, the fish are eating, they're not eating. So I reschedule a lot of trips because I just don't think that it's going to be a good day. And if they're flexible, that's great. But, you know, a couple of those good clients just, hey, listen, this is what I do. Here's some photos. Well, they're asking me, actually, and then I just bring up the story. You're in the boat sometimes for six to eight hours. This guy's pike fishing. There's a lot of downtime. Um, and you're, you're explaining the pike stuff. There's a lot of times when you're not catching pike. Yeah, I question my life a lot in the boat. Right? <laughs> I, I said to one of my best clients, John, the other day, I'm like, he's like, what are you doing over there? I'm like, I'm doing Chinese math in my head, man. Just probably trying to figure out where this next fish is going to come from. Like, he's like, yeah, I can see the smoke coming out of your ears. <laughs> um, the gears returning. The gears returning. But yeah, so yeah, so th- I tell them, hey, listen, I'm 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 good at this. I'm good enough at this. I know where they are. I'm gonna make sure that the day that we book, you know, if the clarity's gonna be good, the flow's gonna be good. It's gonna be a somewhat of a sunny day, and you're gonna get a shot. And you know, I've had some success doing that with certain people that uh, want to try it. So, um, so I've know, got a, I, I got some dumb gear related questions for you. If you still have yeah. a couple moments. Mm-hmm. So when so you got about five minutes before I have to go to bed. Okay, so when you got someone that you're taking guiding for carp, what kind of rods are you you looking for to to take someone that hasn't done it before? I know yeah. what I like and what I like to give people. What sure. do you like? Yeah, so I, this all happened by accident because back in the day when I actually wanted to be a trout fisherman, and I was a little bit for a little while, um, you know, I just bought a bunch of rods. You know how it goes when you get started. Oh, I need a nine weight. I need, uh, I need a nine. And I need it all. <laughs> I need a nine and a half foot seven weight. I need a nine foot five weight. I need this. 
So I have a nine and a half foot six weight and a nine and a half foot seven weight, which nine and a half foot rods aren't very common, but um, if, from what I understand at least, and I have two of them. And when I got into the carp thing, I just did some YouTube, back to YouTube, right? Yeah. Talked to, talked to some people and bought a book and just figured it out. But so my favorite for a client is like my nine and a half foot six weight or seven weight, most likely the six weight. Because it has a little bit more delicate of a presentation with the floating line, but it's just a basically a nine and a half foot six weight floating line. And I try not to buy the floating line that's super thicker head for like indicator fishing. It's more maybe the dry fly line. Um, and you know, a nine and a half or nine to ten foot leader down to eight pound. Um, and just you know, it, it's it, I, I, nine and a half foot six weight I have is a gray. <clears throat> the nine and a half foot seven weight I have is a Winston. Um, the graze is like a mediocre mid, not mediocre, like a mid, mid range rod. The Winston's a little bit better of a rod, but, uh, yeah, that, 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 that seems to do the trick. And it's just really, but what I love about carp fishing, taking people carp fishing, I've done this with friends, Kate's tried it and she caught one once, um, was just, you know, kind of standing up on the bank and coaching through it. And just kind of, it's like a team effort, you know, dream work, teamwork makes the dream work and just try to get that fly out front of that carp and trying to coach you through that process is just amazing um but that's that's pretty much the gear and, and you might ask about flies and i know there's dudes that i've seen all kinds of social media content around really awesome specific carp flies dude i use like a small woolly bugger i use like uh stone flies i try to put a little color on them so you can actually see them in the water column yeah um, but like uh, an orange yeah. cone head on a stone fly yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah, or, or even just a couple orange wraps or some kind of, like, you know, orange in it or yellow, just to see that little bit of action when you see it fall into the bottom of the river. Um, just so you know where it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've caught them on steelhead glow bugs. Like, I've brought, like, pink, you know, like, uh, orange, yellow glow bugs I used to steelhead fish with, and I've caught them on those. And I don't know what the hell they think they are, berry or something. You know, they, get, they, they keep those berries that fall off. The, they're the carp. They think they're dingleberries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, these are corn. I don't know. Like, you know, like they, like, oh, look at the corn coming down the river. But, you know, that that's it. I don't get too, and that's how I am with pike and smallmouth fishing. I'm not huge on, like, this perfect fly or, you know, like, it's got to be this. So, yeah, I have my you will be once you check the mailbox. Well, that's it. Well, because you're the better fly tire. Let's just face it. You're the better fly tire. <laughs> that's because I'm not a very good fisherman. <laughs> no, I beg to differ, my friend. I can't wait to get you out here, though. I'll tell you that. So you want to hear a funny story about our float last weekend? I do, and then I got to run. Yeah, okay. This will be quick, I promise. No, so that be quick. That's the story of my life. It doesn't have to be quick. <laughs> so I was throwing a swing and D for smallmouth. So, you know, they had the, the popper head on the front. Yeah. yeah. And we went to a spot that has carp in it. And I threw it, yeah. And big V wake, and this carp crushed it on top. And my yeah. my wife was rowing the boat. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. And and I fought this fish for probably five minutes. I was like, hey, take me over to the shore, babe. We're gonna take some pictures of this thing over on shore at the bank. That way, no one knows like where we are. Yeah. She's like, okay, that's fine. And then we did that. We paparazzi the fish, and then I released the fish and hopped back. In. I was like. Ashley, row me back up to there, and we're going to do this again. So she rowed me back up. I cast a fly out. Another carp hits this 
stupid big streamer on top, and I set into it, and this fish takes off. And really? the reel I have, I only put like half the amount of backing on it because I was like, ah, that's all I had at the time. I was like, Ashley, you better start, you know, chasing after this fish because yeah. I got like 17 wraps left. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so she. Well, like when I had that striped bass the other night, I'm like, "How much back you got on this thing?" <laughs> so, she chased the fish down, and then she ended up netting it, and she did a great job. It was awesome. I took like pic- like photobomb pictures that I'll never post. I'll send you one. But oh, please uh, send me one. Yeah, please send me one. And then I was like, we we let that fish go, and I was like, Ashley, do you want to try this? Yeah. She's like, Nah. You just saw me catch two giant carps on top water. Yeah. And you just, that's, nah. That's <laughs> like, nah yeah, yeah. I don't want to do it. <laughs> it looks good on you, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from uh, Caddyshack? Yep. You get a free bowl of soup with a hat like that? <laughs> it looks good on you, though. <laughs> yeah, she she could give a shit less. Oh, uh, well, you had the experience together. That's all that matters. Yeah. And like I said, my son was in the back. He's like, where's Cal at? Yeah. Come on, asshole. Where's Cal? <laughs> Cal, get Cal, the YouTube sensation out here. <laughs> all right, man. Well, hey, I will let you go to sleep. Where can people check you out at? Yeah. Thank you for asking. And thank you for just having the conversation with me. It's always fun to talk to you guys. And, oh, thank and you for fun. doing it with just me. The yeah, yeah. No, I feel like it's a little more—it's a little more fishy, romantic, you know. It, it is, man. This is like our first date. Next, yeah, it took our relationship to the next level. Um, PogoPike.com. Go to YouTube and type in Pogo Pike on YouTube, and if you can give me a subscribe, to be awesome. But there's, I have a lot of pike and musky how tos on there. So, you put anything uh, new up anytime soon? No. So you know, I'm taking the. So I have two videos that are ready to go for YouTube, and I'm just waiting. I think I'm going to do them this fall or winter. Okay. Um, I'm not going to give away the secret sauce just yet of what they're about, but there are a couple how-tos. Um, but no, I, 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 yeah, so this fall. This fall or early winter, Is it, I'll have a couple more YouTube. Can I, can I take a guess? Mm-hmm. Is it how to marry a fishy lady? Oh, that I can't give away. <laughs> that I can't give away. Kate's the best. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that because he is my better half. Absolutely. Uh, the smarter app, too. But yeah, pogopike.com, YouTube uh, is just type in pogopike, and then Instagram, pogopike. So I made it very simple for everybody because I need to make it simple for myself. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, wasting a Friday night with me. Oh, no, it was a waste. It was awesome. And have a great weekend, and uh, let's chat very soon about you coming out here. Alrighty, guys. Man, I love Pogo. I hope you guys turned it up because he, he was a little hard to hear, but he did, he's such a great personality. I didn't want to cut in and say, hey, Steve, guys, talking to the mic, buddy. But, hey, I hope you guys enjoyed the stripped-down version tonight. Uh, I had fun doing it. I thought it was going to be weird. I was a little intimidated. But give me some feedback, guys. What do you want to hear? If there's a night like this where I know we're not going to record for a week or two, do you want me to keep doing stuff like this? What do you guys want? I, I just want to make the listeners happy. So let me know. Uh, hit us up at SVS Fishing on Instagram. Check out the new Instagram page at uh, Full Hard Food. Um, 
Check out Mark at Urban Fly Company. Check out Jace at Dr. J. And, uh, or no, that's J. I'm sorry. And Jace is Shanka J. So check them out. Um, hit up some of our sponsors, A-Rex Hooks at arexhooks.com. Check out Urban Fly Company at urbanflycompany.com because tonight's recording has been recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check out Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding. Uh, when he gets when he gives us the okay to drop this uh, announcement, I can't wait to drop it for him. Uh, he's got some big stuff pumping. I love that dude. He's a fishy guy. Go check him out. Get some uh, some trout trips books, some musky trips books, some steelhead stuffs coming up. Um, check out our boy Michael at Down to Earth Wealth Management. If you guys got some extra scratch you need to invest. Um, check out Predator Fly Gear at PredatorFlyGear.com. They get some of the S- best SBF shirts in the biz. Check out Sims Fishing at SimsFishing.com. Yeti built for the wild. Don't